You're listening to the What Do You Actually Do podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview, a useful tip or encouraging message to help you find your place in the professional world. Hello and welcome to this episode of What Do You Actually Do? My name's Kate Morris and I'll be your host today. In today's episode, we'll be talking about working in education roles outside the traditional school sector. And we're joined by Sarah Dagnall, who works at the STEM Learning Centre as a professional development leader. So Sarah... What do you actually do? <laughs> do you know, everybody asks me that question. Um, well, I was a primary school teacher up until very, very recently, actually. Um, but then I started working at the STEM Learning Centre. The STEM Learning Centre deals with science, technology, um, engineering and mathematics. That's what STEM stands for. I'm one of the professional development leaders, which basically means that I do CPD, um, Continuous Professional Development, for teachers who are in the primary sector, particularly in science, but I do do the other STEM areas as well. I also have some other responsibilities, so I'll go out to other mm-hmm. schools as well at times and help them to improve their uh, science that's going on there, which is um, an interesting role coming from a primary school. So you've mentioned it's a combination of training staff and presumably what, do they come to the STEM Learning Centre for training um, or do you go out to them? The majority of the time they come over to us. Okay. Um, at STEM Learning, we've got a couple of ways that we'll, we'll sort um, training for, for teachers. The way that we do it at the centre is that the teachers come to us for a residential period. So they'll come for at least two days. Okay. But often they'll come for longer than that, maybe two uh, three days. And then they might have a bit of a period when they go back to school and then come back to us for another three days. So it can be dependent on the course. Mm. Um, but I can also go out to schools and do little bits of training there as well if I'm working with those schools. Um, I also do some online training now as well, which has been a big change for me to actually do something like that. That was a bit of a a push for me to be put on camera to do that okay. sort of thing. But I quite enjoyed doing it in the end. So people can actually access the training on an online version. Oh, cool. Where did your interest in STEM come from? Because you mentioned you, you worked in primary schools mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, and I think you had a particular specialism in science when you were a primary school teacher. Was that something that you was official or you were just interested in science and then you heard about it? So how, how did it kind of happen? It's a bit of a weird one, really. Um I guess as a teacher, I'd always had an interest in science, but actually my background, when I very first started teaching, mm-hmm. they they were pushing me into the art sector okay. because I'd had an A-level in art. Um, my degree was actually in psychology, which doesn't fit into the primary curriculum, which is why they went to, to A-levels in the end. But when it actually came to falling into a primary school, primary schools don't work like that when they're giving you a subject to lead. Mm-hmm. It's where is there an area? And can you, do you have the interest to, to fill it? Um, so at first, when I, I first started leading a subject in primary school, I was a, a literacy coordinator. Mm. So I'd actually be helping with the writing and the reading and the speaking and listening. But always had that interest in science, always. Yeah. I have had since I was a, a child. And when I moved to a new school, they pushed me into doing the science coordination, um, which I absolutely loved. And I did loads with it. We went from a, a school that was... Um, it was very much pushing the knowledge of the children. The children weren't getting very mm. active with the science. They weren't doing much inquiry-based stuff, like getting hands-on, working like a scientist. And so a lot of my work was actually doing that with the children. And then I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that side and I started doing more and more of it. So my job role changed slightly for a few years. So as well as being in the classroom with my children, I would also go and work with other classes in the afternoons, just okay. doing science, which was nice. 
Um, and then after a while, the school science had become much improved and I went mm. back into the classroom teaching. But I was still supporting the science on the side as well. So how did you make that transition then from really leading on science in your own school, turning things around, instilling that passion within the the school children for Mm. science, to then training teachers, you know, not working with children at all, really, working with training adults who are professionals. How did you make that transition? Well, it was a a strange one at first because training teachers, training adults is very different from training children. I've always wanted to be a primary school teacher. So Mm. when the idea of teaching children has never bothered me. Mm. I love it. But the idea of teaching adults who could question you and they Mm. can look back at you and you've got to have that knowledge there was a Mm. bit scary. But as a coordinator, you find that you have to do some training in school with your staff. If you've been out on a course, you'll have to be asked to give that information over to the staff during a staff meeting. For me, my head teacher had seen an opportunity that was actually run by STEM Learning, where I'm working now, which was to run a partnership project. So that was me and it was four other schools that were in my local area that I started working with. And we had funding of an amount of money to help support the science in those schools through training the staff. And that training could be external, going out other places, or it could be that we took on the training ourselves. And I did a lot of that to cut down Mm. costs so we could afford to do more stuff. I started doing a lot of the training for a lot of the staff, a lot of the um, new qualified teachers mm. I would help with I'd also be taking some of the subjects uh, that the leaders from a certain year group to work with them on the science they should be doing there and I found that I really enjoyed it mm. I seemed to find a niche that I didn't know that I had I quite enjoyed that interaction with the adults rather than the children and when I started to think about career development I thought this is an area that I'd actually quite enjoy going yeah. into so it's something I pushed myself further with um, I was When I started thinking about where I wanted to go with teaching, I still wasn't sure, but I saw an opportunity to do a course that would lead me to become a better professional development leader that would help me to do better training, be able to advise schools on how they could improve their science. Um, And so I took the advantage of that. My Mm. school was supportive of me doing that course, um, which then led to the job that I'm doing now. So it sounds like it's a combination of you seizing opportunities as and when they arose but also creating opportunities for yourself and kind of being quite conscious about what you enjoy doing and how you can do more of it Mm -hmm. what other kind of personal qualities or skills or strengths would you say someone needs to have to be really sort of good at being a professional development leader Uh, communication is the big one Mm. because you're obviously having to uh, speak to other people you have to be very confident in what you're saying to them and you have to make sure that it's put across in the right way so Mm. that they will be able to use that information back in their school with their staff. A lot of the time they're actually taking on board what you've done Mm. and almost copying you back in school. So you need to do a really good job at um, setting all of that up for them. Other things you need to be really good at is being very self-motivated because although I do have bosses over there, I have to manage my time in terms of creating the courses managing that alongside all of the responsibilities I have to help these other schools that are wanting to develop their science um, and lots of other roles that I have over there. I have to manage that time carefully. Otherwise, it could be that I'm there for every hour of every day, which I don't want to be. So, yeah, good time management is a great one to have as well. I mentioned communication, but but I also need to be good at my presentation skills. Yeah. 
And now being a teacher has obviously led me straight into that. <laughs> um, but it's not just about talking to people. It is about the way that you put that across and thinking about how you act with people, which the training course that I did helped me into the professional yeah. development <clears throat> area really helped with because there was things that I hadn't thought about before. Like with children, you'll just do things automatically. Yeah. So if I was working with a group of children... I would get a chair and sit down with them or I'd kneel down by the table because it's just thought that you'd be at that level with Mm. them. When you've got adults that you're working with, you don't necessarily think that because they're old enough to manage themselves, they're old enough to be getting on, but you do need to be in there with them at their level and and working with them like that. And that's something that uh, took a bit of thinking about to start Mm. off with. But So really adapting your practice absolutely to suit a really different audience group even though obviously a lot of teaching skills are going to be useful mm-hmm. as you say in that different context it is quite different absolutely so what do you really love about the job it sounds like there's loads of things you really enjoy but what's the best bit of the job for you I love the I love teaching mm-hmm. um, I've always loved teaching that's why I became a teacher in the first place but the actual teaching of the adults is my very favorite thing to do of the job I guess I love it slightly more than the the teaching primary children at the moment because Mm. I have the time to really develop what I'm doing and I'm putting together a whole course for for these teachers to come along to. It's almost like writing a story for them Mm. in a way. Um, And I really, really enjoy that. And the interactions I have with the teachers, the stories that I hear and the good practice that I hear from them. Um, I've also been lucky enough to have some really good experiences with where I am now. So, for example, I got to go and do some teaching over in Naples in the summer, which is something that I would never have got to do when I was a teacher. Um, And I also got to go and work with a group of primary teachers who were invited out to CERN um, over Mm -hmm. in Switzerland, which was uh, an absolutely amazing experience, that one. Didn't ever imagine that I would be able to be inside CERN and see exactly how it works. And from what you've mentioned in the past it's slightly different in terms of the practicalities like you're not bound by the school term system you can take annual leave when you want to the hours are different so it's kind of more like a regular nine to five job than teaching I wouldn't say nine to five job (laughs) I would love to be able to say that um, when I'm teaching, then my day okay, changes yeah. completely, which is which is different from a primary school teacher mm. because you you are. I mean, a teacher will tell you they never work nine till three thirty ever. Um, however, they're the hours that you're teaching. When I'm teaching over at STEM Learning, I'll be starting at um, nine in the morning and finishing at seven in the evening. Right. So they are much longer days. Yeah. And then the days that I'm actually planning the courses would be more of a, a nine to five yeah. kind of day. But I like that flexibility. And yeah, the holidays have taken a little while to get my head around. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have the set term time holidays anymore. I entered the real world and have Freedom. to book my holidays <laughs> now, which is um, an interesting one. <laughs> What's the worst bit of the job then? The worst bit of the job. It's for me, I, I think it will be something that does improve actually. Mm. But for me, I found that as a teacher, I was so full on busy when I was primary mm. school teaching that I didn't have any downtime in my work. I was always looking through my list of things to do. And I never, as a teacher, you never get that ticked off. You're always working on the next one and thinking about what you can put off until the next day. Uh, Where I am now, it comes in fits and starts. And because you don't have that term time to work to, I find that there are some periods that are quite quiet. And it's those that I need to work on at the Mm. moment and, uh, and think about the best 
ways I can fill that time in a way. However, there's lots of stuff that I need to do yeah. with this job, um, such as keeping in touch with everything that's happening in education, um, being in touch with all of the um, new publications and things like that. So these are things that I could be doing that in that time. So kind of on that note, really, from your research and sort of what you know with colleagues, etc., what do you think the sort of key challenges might be for the sector moving forward? So for any students thinking, oh, I might want to break into this in the future, what should they try to anticipate and be aware of? Um, One of the biggest things that's hitting us at the moment is the fact that there is a serious STEM shortage Mm. um, in terms of people that are going into those those careers. Um, And in terms of education, it's the children that are taking them up as GCSE and A-level and beyond Mm. subjects. So it's something that is getting a big push by the government right now. If they were think, if anybody was thinking about getting into what I do, mm. and particularly working with those STEM areas, then I think they need to be thinking about making sure that what they're they're doing, their jobs, uh, their their training that they're doing right mm-hmm. now, is applicable for that area. Uh, the more training that you have in those areas is going to make you more appropriate for those positions. Mm. Um, I think that's probably the biggest, and that's going to be hitting it okay. at the moment. So it sounds like it's it's just having that awareness of it is an area that it's a, a shortage. If it does sound appealing, try and get the work experience and, and build up the profile like you did. Just take opportunities to, to volunteer and do extra bits and pieces. Absolutely. When it comes to volunteering, actually, with through STEM learning, there are things like STEM ambassadors okay. that you can get into throughout university. So university colleagues will be a STEM ambassador. It can be within businesses. That's a great way to volunteer and actually get involved with that. It can also get you through the door of education as well. Mm. So you could be getting into schools, talking to children at different ages. You could be talking beyond that. You could be working with small community groups. But this is all going to get you the foot in the door in the right direction. Well, we'll put some details of that on our website. But thank you very much for talking today. That was really interesting. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us this week on What Do You Actually Do? This episode was hosted by myself, Kate Morris, and edited and produced by the Careers and Placements team. If you love this podcast, spread the word and subscribe. Are you eager to get more tips? Follow University of York Careers and Placements on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. All useful links are in this episode description. This has been produced at the University of York Careers and Placements. For more information, visit york.ac.uk forward slash careers.